Hello and welcome to the Keep Going Podcast with Bishop S.Y. Younger. We invite you to share and subscribe. Be sure to follow Bishop Younger across all social media platforms and visit our website at www.bishopyounger.com. Now, let's jump into this week's episode. Um, So Genesis chapter 26 uh, then Isaac sold in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. So I'm going to start this Sunday dealing with Isaac. Next Sunday, I'm going to talk about Peter. So t- today, I'm going to start with Isaac. I'm going to talk about the Isaac anointing. All right. You know, Isaac was uh, the promised child. You know, his parents could not have children. Uh, And God supernaturally woke up something that was dead in Abram. And then Abram's seed hit a barren woman's body and brought her womb alive to produce an Isaac. Isaac is a promise. But I want to live to you. Destiny doesn't end with promise. And you need to know that. Because some of us have this aspiration of this promise being fulfilled. But after it gets here, then what? Lord, I want to get married. Please, Lord, I want to get married. Okay, then you get married. Then what? You know? Lord, if I could just start this business, open up a door. Because, Lord, you promised me. Then you get the business. Then what? Promise. (laughs) Doesn't, you know, destiny doesn't end with promise. Promise is really where destiny begins. You know, the promise is not the end of all things. It's really the beginning of God's reality in your life. I'm going to say that again, Lois Miller. The promise is really the beginning of God's reality in your life. Because everything when we are believing or praying for when it comes to promise is some kind of hope or futuristic aspiration, right? But because God is eternal, there's no future for God. So when you finally come into promise, what you consider something that was futuristic is really now God's reality. It was God's reality for your life all the time. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, he's been waiting on you to show up. (laughs) Waiting on you to show up and walking with you on the way the whole time. (laughs) I want you to look at somebody to the left and the right and you tell them there are no surprises with God. God, Nothing surprises God. Nothing shocks God. And I'm going to say something right here and some of you theologically is going to bother you. But you can't even. Okay. Oh Lord, somebody going to chop this clip up. It's all right. You can't even disappoint God. You can disappoint your parents. You can disappoint your friends, but you cannot disappoint God. You can displease God, because I've done that before, but you can't disappoint God. Because for you to disappoint God means God is not omniscient. It means God is not all-knowing. Disappointment comes by the mere fact that I expected something different. And I didn't get what I expected out of the person. But with God, hallelujah, he was the lamb that was slain before 
the foundations of the world. Hallelujah. He was the lamb that was slain before you think your mistake, your fallacies, your struggles, your weaknesses have disappointed God when he is the lamb that was slain before he called the dry ground out of the water, before he said let there be and there was, before he cast the earth into orbit, before he put the sun in its place and the moon in its posture. He was the lamb that, in other words, when we were yet sinners, before we came to the altar, before we decided to be baptized, Christ died for us I want you to look at somebody and tell your neighbor he went before you he already made a way of escape Isaac you're the promise but Isaac you're not the conclusion glory be to God all you are assigned to do is serve what's in front of you and the Bible says they're in a famine. They're in a famine. In Genesis chapter 26, I'll expedite it in what we say in Gratton, Virginia, we'll cut through the field. And Isaac sowed in the famine, right? And in the same year, he got a prophet. In the same year, in a famine. A famine, no vegetation. Now listen, when his father Abraham had a famine, because the Bible says, if you read in Genesis chapter 25 and 26, this is a famine, but this is Isaac's famine. It's not, it, it's, his father had a famine, but it's not the same one. <laughs> and when his father, you know, went through his famine, come on, y'all Bible scholars, you know what his father did. What did his father do? He, he left and went to Egypt. Egypt is a sign of the world, of the world system. And you know, in, in holiness, we talk, you know, stay out of the world. But the father of faith, Abraham, went to Egypt and prospered. He went into the world and was blessed. Actually, when he came back to Canaan, the place of promise, he had more than when he left. So now Isaac is going through his own famine. Isaac, well, you know what we do? We go to Egypt and God says to him, no. I want to say this to you when we talk about the Isaac anointing. Because some of you are circled around overachievers in your family, successful mentors, ambitious parents that have, that have accomplished a lot of stuff and then you have this strong expectation on you. I want to tell you, those people you're looking at around you, use them for their wisdom. Use them for reference of your faith. But when you got an Isaac anointed, you cannot use them as your template. I said to this side of the room, because y'all got a little tight on me over here. So I'm going to say to this, listen, look on Facebook and look at what other people are doing. Let it inspire you. Other people's business ideas, let it, let it, let, get, gain wisdom from them. But it'll be a dangerous thing for you to be in your own famine and try to use their template. I know, I know people have gone through things before, but we're in a pandemic that no generation that's still living has ever endured before. 
He says to Isaac, you don't get to leave. Now, nobody's going to want to turn to your neighbor and say this. I want you to look at somebody anyway and tell them. Says, this is for you. Tell them, just because it's hard, you don't get to leave. Just because it's complicated, you don't get to abandon your assignment. Because <laughs> I know how you do. We, said, we used to say, marry to death, do your part. Now, until it get complicated. Until it don't feel good. Until it's no longer exciting. Shh. I'm called to this church until I get hurt. <laughs> Glory be to God. We're in covenant until it becomes conflicting. But I want you to know, covenant is not exposed. Loyalty is not seen until it's met with conflict. I heard Bishop Anthony Gilliard says, when you're facing your challenges, face it with consistency. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, do something that maybe you've never done before. Remain consistent. Because all of us, look, y'all done got quiet on me, but I want you to hear this. All of us like to hear words about my season is up. God want me to transition. God want me to shift. It's time for me to get new friends because my old friends are not going where I'm going. But you don't get to abandon every relationship that becomes difficult for you. God has not called you to comfort. He's called you to covenant. And with covenant comes cutting. The sign of covenant among the Israelites is circumcision. The cutting of flesh. And it ain't covenant until you've experienced cutting. Look at Isaac. Tell Isaac, say, Isaac, you don't get to leave. But, but you, let, you let everybody else. Come on, y'all, talk, talk to me in here. Be honest. Have you ever looked at it, some other people? Well, you let everybody else. No, 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 no. Use them as a reference to fuel your faith, but not your template. You see, I know about templates because some of you are very um, IT savvy. You all can get all of those codes and work out a website. And I mean, from scratch. I'm just really impressed by you. Not jealous, just impressed. Because I can make a website too, but just like my biscuits, they're not from scratch. Now, I know y'all talk about Jiffy Cornbread, but I like Jiffy Cornbread. I know y'all brag about I can make biscuits from scratch. I can too. Scratch that pan and just pick it, put, open that thing until it pop and then sit it in place and Put it in the oven and take some butter and just rub it on top. Okay, let me come back. Let me come back. Let me come back. I was in the spirit in there, you know. But I can create a website. But if I ever create a website, and I have before, I've used what I call Wix. Now, some of you that don't know what Wix is, Wix is a website creating template. Well, you can just pay this money and you can go in and all you got to do is kind of fill in the blanks. You pick your design and you just fill in the blanks. This is the design you like and just fill in the blanks. And then post and publish. Look, got a website. Wouldn't that be so much easier? But be honest, that ain't your life. 
and it ain't never been your life. You can't use anybody else's template for what God is doing with you. Look at somebody tell them God is doing something different with you. And when God is doing something different with you, the best thing you can do is embrace it. Because God's will doesn't work for you until you embrace it. That's why God had to, God had to narrow Jonah in to a surrender. Because God couldn't use him in Nineveh until he surrendered to it. This is why God will allow us to get sandwiched into certain circumstances to get a surrender out of us because it doesn't work for us. God's will doesn't work for us until we surrender to it. And can we normalize surrendering to God? I mean, we've, Jonah didn't already did his story. Can't we just pull from his story and just normalize that when God requires something out of us, we count him worthy of the yes? Shh. I know y'all say hallelujah is the highest praise and maybe it's up there somewhere, but I believe obedience got to be higher than hallelujah. Oh, y'all don't like the way I'm preaching on a Sunday morning. No, because hallelujah don't cost you nothing but using your voice. But obedience will cost you everything. Obedience, re obedience requires action. And many of us are good with the shout, but when the shout is over, we don't want to follow it up with action. Isaac! You don't get to leave. You have to stay in the perimeters of the promise. You, get to, you can move around, but you got to stay within the borders of the promise. What is an Isaac anointing? An Isaac anointing is the ability to be close enough to the world system to affect it, but distant enough from it that you're not polluted by it. Oh, God. You hear me? Everybody don't have that grace. But I want somebody in here to receive that you have an Isaac anointing. And when I say an Isaac anointing, I'm talking about the ability that God put on him. God is putting on you that you're able to be close enough to the secular that it does not contaminate your sacred. That you're close enough to make money but not let money control you. That you're close enough to friends that are not saved that you can pull on them but they're not going to pull on you. Everybody want to come out but somebody got to be close enough to pull people in. There's got to be an issue, Pastor Westgate, when everybody around us is saved. You don't have no unsaved people around you. I know all of us want to be monks for Jesus and live in the church, but you need some unsaved co-workers. You need some, you know, I know they may not be your best friend, but you need some, some sort of friends to still cuss. Because you don't know where you are in God until your cussing friends say, oh, excuse, oh, excuse me. But some of y'all got cussing friends, they're not saying excuse me. See, see, we keep measuring ourselves by other church people. You need to see how your secular friends handle you. you I want to know, do your secular friends see God on you? Do your center family members see God on you? Excuse, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, oh. Mm. Here they come. How you doing? Praise the Lord. Or do they say, oh, that ain't nobody but Russell, child. He go over to that church and shout, but he just as bad as I am. 
Are you? That Isaac anointing says, I'm standing within the perimeters of the promise even when I don't understand. Even when it doesn't seem fair because everybody else went to Egypt. Everybody else did their own thing and you still bless them. See, that's the thing about it. You still bless them. But everybody don't have your assignment. Now, you know, I live in hotels. And um, I, I, no, I literally do. I, 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 live in, I stay in hotels more days than I stay in any place I live in. It's the truth. Anytime the hotel people know you by name and, you know, you live in a hotel. The complicated thing about being in different hotels, though, every night is that you forget what room number you're staying in. I mean, really, I've knocked on doors and trying to get in and somebody, you know, hitting the thing, trying to get in and the person cracked the door and like, excuse me. I'm like, oh, uh, you're in my room. No, this is my room. No, really, 522 is my room. Then I said, you know what? That was my room last night. You have a blessed night. You have a good day. I was just checking on y'all. Do y'all need anything? You know, because you could be strong and wrong. I just knew it was my room. These people just taking everything. <laughs> All right, it's just a man, Pastor Westgate joke. All right, another day. So then, um, the, the, the complicated thing is, is the decor in hotels are pretty consistent. Like, they don't do decor on one floor different than they do on another floor, right? Most places, they're going to keep the same decor on every floor. It's cheaper, it's, it's, um, it's just consistent, it's uniformed. And there are moments that I'll get off the elevator just because everybody else is getting off and the furniture looks the same. Nothing is worse to get off the elevator and the door closed and then I'm like, oh man, this ain't my floor. It looks similar. But I got to stay on longer because I'm going higher. Nothing is worse than when you're sitting at a light and someone is in the left lane. And then they start turning and then you start going forward just to realize you still got a red light. And some of us look at the red light as punishment. We look at it as waiting as punishment. When God says, no, they're turning because this is as far as they're going to go. But the reason why I got you in this lane is because you still got a distance in front of you. Isaac, you don't get to leave. You don't get to abandon the assignment because it's hard. And I'll finish uh, into this next week but Genesis chapter 26 verse 12 said you know <laughs> he sowed in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> received in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him and we shot off of it and going about our business but the question is how did he prosper in the middle of a pandemic in the midst of a famine so then, what would cause a famine in Canaan? Yes, sir. Well, it's what would cause a famine in most regions. 
a lack of water. If there's no water, mm, there's no vegetation. If there's no vegetation, there's no food. A dry season. And all of us, if you go through life, you're going to go through a dry season. Glory be to In your marriage, in your finances, in your company, even with school. I, I, I love it how some of you all are professional students, but when I was there, I didn't always feel like it. Well, let me just put myself out here. Most days I didn't feel like it. Amen. You go through through an excitement, then you go through a dry season. You love your kids, but you can go through a... Go through a dry season. As much as you love God, it's not the issue of God, but it's doing ministry. There's sometimes you're going to be like... I'm just putting it out here. Not me, I'm talking about other preachers. No, for real. See, this has to be real for me because I I wouldn't be able to fake it well. Not as many days. You have to realize, for a month, I've been in church almost every day. And even for people who are pouring out, after a while, if you're not getting a pour in, you end up in a what? A famine, a dry season. So, my question is, what made it different for Isaac? Because if, if Canaan is not getting any rainfall, if Canaan isn't getting any rainfall, they have nothing to pull from. You can't get it from the Dead Sea. Too much, too much salt. Can't get it from the ocean, salt. And if there's a drought, it ain't pouring nothing in the Sea of Galilee. My goodness. Well, you got to look at the scriptures before this. Because Isaac couldn't go nowhere and God made him stay, Isaac started digging wells. (laughs) Some of you, what you call stuck is God letting you tap into innovation. Some of you are fighting to abandon where you are and you're fighting one of the greatest seasons of your life. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor your present challenge is a divine opportunity. Oh my goodness. You're trying to abandon something that God is wanting to use to bring you into one of the greatest seasons of your life. He gets to Essex. He gets to Essex and when he starts to reopen because we're calling him a well digger, but he's really opening wells that his father had already dug. <clears throat> and, and when he began to open the well and water started coming, he was like, oh, no, this, is, this belongs to us. You know how people don't claim it until you do something with it? Then he goes to sit now. He's okay, y'all can have it. Because when you have an Isaac anointing, you'll never have to fight over what belongs to you. When you have an Isaac anointing, wherever God places you, you're going to prosper. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, everything I do prospers. 
Look at y'all. Y'all, that, that ain't been conceited. That's being convinced. Have you looked over your life yet and seen that everything you go to do when you're in the will of God, it prospers? Oh, you better clap your hands because if it's doing it, it's because God is putting an anointing on you that makes things work. My God. I said God has put an anointing on you to make things work. What's complicated to some people, God makes it easy for you. All you need is a moment to get still. All you need is a moment just to get quiet in the presence of the Lord. And then the Lord will drop something on you. So you know what? I know what we can do next. You have an anointing and a great Isaac. I'm talking to you, Isaac. You have an anointing on you that whatever you touch, it begins to prosper. It begins to grow. And when people get contentious, you don't have to fight over it because there's another well that God wants to open. I'm speaking to somebody in this room that whatever the enemy tried to rob you of in this last season, God says, get ready. I got another well for you to open. And let them fight over that. He said, I'll open up another well. And let them try to take that. God says, I'll open up another well. This is why we know God's favor is on you because everything the devil tries, everything the enemy attempts to rob from you, God opens another door. I need a hundred of you to clap your hands and praise God for the grace on you for innovation. This is what happened. He goes to Sitna. They do the same thing. He finally gets to a place called Rehoboth. And it was so expanded that they couldn't take it. All right. So how did, how did he prosper in the same year? No water coming from the Dead Sea that he could use. And it was a famine. Now listen here. I don't believe God just let it rain on his crops. Mm -mm. Because when God gets ready to rain, he rains on the just as well as the unjust. So how in the world did he prosper in the famine and everybody else is still waiting? Because maybe Abraham's Egypt trip was not about Abraham. Maybe there's some things that God showed them and it wasn't for them, it was for your impartation. Maybe, maybe when Abraham went to Egypt, he experienced the ancient art of innovation that the Egyptians had learned before anyone else. Canaan has the Dead Sea. Hallelujah. But Egypt has a Nile River that is the only river in the world that travels south to north. So they don't have to pull from the waters of Canaan to survive. And what had the Egyptians learned? The Egyptians had learned a system called irrigation. Where you can pull from pools of water. See, see, they watching Isaiah move around from well to well and they think they're hindering him. But, but Isaac said, I got a revelation. If I can tap into the water that's under the soil. Whoosh, let me preach this to somebody in here. There is something that's under the soil. The, God says, if you just keep digging, my, there's some ideas that are under the soil. If you can just keep digging, there's some witty inventions that's under the soil. If you just keep digging, he says I'm talking to you Isaac you're going to prosper in this season the idea is going to be supernatural but I'm going to get you to walk in the natural 
I'm going to give you ideas and methods that you're going to have to work. Yes. So you're going to have to be open to it. Yes, because water is the symbol of the Spirit. Yes, it is. Yes. And if you just utilize the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues and to dance, you have limited the work of the Holy Spirit to an emotional experience. When God says no, hallelujah, after you finish praying in tongues, get still and find out what's under the soil. See, the Holy Spirit begins to discern. See, the Holy Spirit is like that metal detector going around. It looks like the regular dirt, like everything else. But it's something under there. It's, it's in the water. That's how you prosper. In the middle of the family. It's in the spirit. Zerubbabel said, I have this large assignment to rebuild Ezra's assignment yeah. is to call people back. Nehemiah's assignment is to build a wall. My assignment is to rebuild a temple. All I got is a measuring stick. This is not by might. Hmm. Not by power. But it's in the water. By my spirit, said the Lord. So if you keep trying to do this out of the natural, you're going to fail miserably. If you try to lean on the arm of the flesh, you're going to fail miserably. Whether that's school, whether that's marriage, whether that's ministry. A supernatural feat can only be accomplished by the power of the Holy Spirit. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, he'll give you an advantage. You'll sit at boardroom tables. All you got to do is get still long enough. All you got to do is get still long enough. I said the other Sunday when I asked all of the educators to come to the front, I'm like, is the whole church school teachers and assistants and administrators? But think I'm not strange. You're raising up Isaacs. Some stuff you may not have ever had to use for yourself. But you're going to pour into another generation. Hallelujah. And let me tell you, and I'll, I'll close with this. Play something soft for me, uh, Dominique. I end with this. If you're going to have the Isaac anointing, not only do you have ideas, not only do you have a work force and a work heart and ability to work, a work ethic, not only does your mind pull together innovative ideas, The name Isaac means laughter. I want y'all to get ready to receive this. There, it ain't going to be no great deep revelation, but I wanted to get in your spirit. I want you to hear it. It means laughter because you know his parents didn't expect it to happen. So his name means joy. Isaac, you got to stay in the place of promise. You don't get to leave like everybody else does. You don't get to abandon it. You got to dig wells, and when it don't work there, you got to dig another well. <laughs> you got to be open to get these ideas so you can build this irrigation to cause you to prosper. But because you're Isaac, you get to do it with joy. Now receive that. No, receive that. No, your marriage don't have to be perfect, but you don't have to be depressed serving your spouse. 
Yes, right now when you got a whole bunch of kids and they're small, <laughs> you get to do it with joy. Now, I'm not going to say it's never heavy, and I'm not going to tell you it's never challenging, but you get to do it with joy. Don't feel like doing it for God has to be grievous. See, we're always searching for happiness. I just want to be happy. See, I'm, I'm quitting because I just want to be happy. I need to do what makes me happy. Don't do what makes you happy because that mark is forever moving. If I could just get this, I'll be happy. If I could just get somebody, I'll be happy. That's not fair to somebody else because maintaining your happiness when you don't really know what it takes to keep you happy. Happiness is cheap because it can come and go as quickly as you see it. But joy, he says, I'll give you joy unspeakable and full of glory. I told you about my schedule. And I'll be honest with you. After jumping from plane to plane, train to car, and sometimes getting out and my legs are aching now. When I lay down at night, it takes me a minute to go to bed. I am exhausted. But I got so much joy. I know, I know for some of y'all that don't make sense. But when I tell you I got so much joy, I feel so fulfilled in God. Because I know I'm in a place of promise. And this is not the place of my conclusion. So receive it. Lord, we receive the fact that this is what you're saying to us. These are the instructions you're giving us to walk this out. Lord, we look at other people's testimony, not to gauge our steps by, but to say, if you brought meaning, meaning out of their life, that means you're going to bring meaning out of our lives. If you were faithful to them, you're going to be faithful to us. But Lord, we're open to the fact that our journey may be different. Our assignment is different. So, Lord, help us to be open to your instructions. Help us to be open to your directives. Lord, we're open to your spiritual download. Oh, Lord, right now, just receive it right now. Because uh, I just pray right now, somebody who's struggling with their major right now. In the name of Jesus, I'm just asking you right now, Lord to settle their mind and direct them in the way of their major in school, Lord. Somebody right now is at a career shift right now. Oh, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Everybody, if you can just pray in the spirit, will you just join me and just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost? Somebody's at a crossroads about what's next. Lord, if you allow them to move, let them stay within the land of promise. <laughs> we will see the hand of the Lord will you, will you grab that Lord in the name of Jesus will y'all help me pray for marriages in this room right now will you do that let's do that Lord give them stay in power even if you're not married I want you to pray as though your marriage is out there come on give them stay in power Because, Father, there is someone in the marriage. Sometimes they're not even honest about their emotions and feelings. 
because they don't want to put that burden on their spouse. They don't want to communicate that there's something wrong with them. <laughs> when the truth is they feel like there's something wrong with them as a person. So Lord, help us to abandon, abandon this, these secular ideologies to make us feel even that our marriage is about our happiness. Help us to forever be reminded that our marriage is about your purpose in the earth. Lord, right now, someone who's called to ministry, but they're going through a dry season and they keep looking for it to rain out of the sky. Let them pull from water that's under the surface. Let them draw from a well. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. We pray something was said to encourage you to keep going. Make sure that you share and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Follow Bishop Younger across all social media platforms and visit our website at www.bishopyounger.com. And whatever you do, keep going.